just get right to it because we'll get carried away. All right, verse 1, verse 1, Matthew 17 and verse 1. If you're there, say amen. amen. And after six days, Jesus taketh Peter, James, and John his brother and bringeth them up into a high mountain apart. And he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine as the sun, and his raiment was white as light. And behold, there appeared unto them Moses and Elias talking with him. Then answered Peter and said unto Jesus, uh, Lord, watch this now, it is good for us to be here. It's good for us to be here. If thou wilt, let us make here three tabernacles. Tabernacle is a dwelling place, a place of abiding where you'll stay. All right. He said, uh, one for Moses, one for you, and one for Elias. And he said, why yet spake? Behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And behold, a voice out of the cloud said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. Basically, God the Father says, Peter, shut your mouth and listen. That's basically what that's all about. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their face and were sore afraid. And Jesus came and touched them and said, arise, be not afraid. When they lifted up their eyes, they saw no man save Jesus only. And as they came down from the mountain, as they came down from the mountain, ladies and gentlemen, we'll always have to come down from the mountain. Now, I'll get to that in a minute. Jesus charged them saying, tell the vision of no man until the son of man be risen again from the dead. And his disciples asked him saying, why then say the scribes that Elias must first come? Jesus answered and said unto them, Elias truly shall first come and restore all things. But I say unto you that Elias has come already and they knew him not and have done whatsoever unto him that they listed. Likewise shall also the son of man suffer of them. Then the disciples understood that he spake of them of John the Baptist. Now let me, let me explain that real quick. Uh, uh, they knew from this experience that he is truly without a doubt the Messiah. But then they said, well, why are they saying that Elijah's got to come first? And, and because in the Old Testament prophecy that Elijah would come first. But God is saying that he did in the, in the form of John the Baptist. John the Baptist came in the spirit and power of Elijah. Are y'all with me? Say amen. But they rejected him as well as the Messiah himself. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch this. Here we go. And when they were come to the multitude, there came to him a certain man kneeling down to him, saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. For oft times he falleth into the fire and off into the water. And I, let's read this together. And I brought, let's, let's all read it. Here we go. And I brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him. Wow. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him hither to me. Jesus rebuked the devil and departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could not we cast him out? And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief. For verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of a mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, I am so grateful for your presence in this place. I'm grateful for everybody's in this place. But more importantly, that you're here. 
And Lord, please don't let me say anything I shouldn't. And don't let me forget anything I should. Oh, I'm so excited to be able to share what you've given me. Now, Lord, help me to deliver it like you gave it to me. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to shortchange it. Lord, I want it to be exactly what you would have. Please control my mind, control my words, control my thoughts. And Lord, let me preach your word with an unction, with the power from on high. And God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. You may be seated. Let me give you a brief, a, a brief review of last week in case you wasn't here last week. We find that Jesus has just instructed his disciples that he was going to die and he was going to have to suffer. And, and the disciples were discouraged. They were broke down. I mean, they were tore all out to frame about it. But he said, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. There's going to be some here, and this is coming out of the last verses of chapter 16. He said, some of y'all are going to see the Son of Man come in the kingdom, in the glory, in the power. In other words, he said, I'm going to give you a preview of what's to What's to come, right? Y'all remember this from last week. And if you wasn't here last week, please, please, please go watch last week's service. It is incredible. It was an awesome time. God is going to say, hey, you may have to suffer, but it's going to be worth it. You may go through some bad times, but it'll be well worth it. Because the glory to come will outshine the suffering you're going to go through. Somebody say amen. The glory, the encouragement, the, the excitement, being able to see Jesus in all of his glory, Jesus in all of his majesty. He gave them an opportunity to be motivated, to be encouraged, to, to listen. He wanted to bless them. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, now we see they come down off this mountain and, and we'll get to that in just a minute. So does everybody know where we're at so far right here? All right. Now, here's what I want you to see. Here's what I want you to see. There's really three different uh, aspects of the disciple's life or the life of a disciple all found in this, what we just read. All right. And, 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 and I guarantee you, you're going to be, re- be able to relate to one or the other, if not all three. And, and, and this is the deal. Here's what I want you to see. Let's just jump right in because I got a lot of stuff to cover today. First, I want you to see the misguided disciples. The misguided disciples on the mountain. The misguided disciples on the mountain. You say, preacher, what are you talking about? What I'm talking about is what Peter did. All right? They're in the glory. They're in the excitement. They're in the the, the, the awe-inspiring experience of seeing the glory of God and Jesus. Basically what's happening is Jesus is glowing. The deity on the inside is shining forth on the outside. Are y'all with me? Say amen. I mean, this is a mind-blowing experience. This is something that is incredible. It is so exciting to Peter that really when you read all three Gospels, you'll find out that he really don't know what to say. So this is what he says. He said, it's good to be here. This is great. This is wonderful. Let's build some tabernacles. Now, tabernacles is where you abide and stay. In other words, why don't we just hang out up here? Why don't we just hang? Let's just stay in the glory. Well, good old Peter. He has a knack for putting his foot in his mouth all the way to the kneecap. Are y'all with me? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. I don't have a problem with it. I would. How many of y'all enjoyed last week? Did y'all notice that was like the first time in several weeks that God didn't chew us out? I mean, really, in, in several weeks, God has really been get, cutting it close to the skin. Amen. 
I mean, he's really been getting on our toes and, and, and really getting in our grill. And, and then all of a sudden last week, it was encouraging. It was one of them glory messages, one of them fired up. It wasn't nothing negative. It was all positive. It was all woohoo. I wish it was like that every week. But if it was, y'all would be terrible. Because we need our, our skin tanned every now and then. I don't like that. That's because you need it the most. <clears throat> We're human. God's got to get our attention. Are y'all with me? We're all like sheep have gone astray. Everyone's gone to his own way. Sometimes the shepherd has to use the rod. Are y'all with? But not last week. Last week was wonderful. Last, I wish we could stay in that, but we can't. Here's the deal. Here's what I want you to write down. This is the truth from that. Peter said, man, let's just hang out. And immediately the father corrected him, stopped him. It's like God, the father says, you don't get it. You miss the point. The point of me allowing you this experience was not so you could just stay here. Are y'all with me? Watch this. Watch this. Write this down. And this is where I'm going to prove it. He misunderstood the purpose of the experience. He misunderstood the purpose of the experience. He said, it is good for us to be here. Let us make here three tabernacles. Let's just stay here. This is wonderful. Now let's look in your notes. Look in your notes. Hebrews 10 verse 19. Watch this now. Watch this. This is talking about when we come to worship. When we come into God's presence. Do y'all realize what a privilege and an honor we have as New Testament Christians? I don't think we get it sometimes. You see, in the Old Testament, the only person that could really get in the presence of God, could get in and experience the glory, was the high priest once a year when he could go through the veil into the holiest of holies and be in the glory of God. But do you realize as New Testament Christians, the veil has been ripped from the top to the bottom, and now he's inviting us to come boldly into his presence and experience the glory. Are y'all with me? Now experiencing the glory and being in his presence and coming to church and basking and worshiping and celebrating and being in an exciting atmosphere. What's the point? What's the purpose? Let me show you. Let me show you. Look what it says. Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the, the holiest. In other words, into the glory, into his presence. By a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, talking about Jesus, and having a high priest over the house of God in reverence to Jesus, let us draw near. He wants us to draw near to him. Watch this. With a full, a true heart and full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Watch this, watch this. Y'all ready to say amen? Now remember the context is coming into his presence. The context is coming into the holiest, being able to experience him in all of his majesty, in all of his glory, being in the divine presence of God, being in that exciting atmosphere, like up on the mountain with Peter. Are y'all with me? Why is that? Why is that? And let, verse 24, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to. Uh-oh. What was the purpose of the transfiguration? 
It wasn't for them to stay in the clouds. It was to motivate them and to encourage them to go down in the valley and kick the devil in the teeth. Let me put it in a way we're going to understand it. Let's use some football terminology. Because y'all ain't really looking real spiritual this morning for some reason. Imagine going to the pep rally. How many of y'all have ever been to a pep rally? Now, if y'all have never been to a pep rally when the band is rocking, you ain't been to no pep rally. Now, I, I, my, my school that I went to in high school was probably 75% uh, black to white. And buddy, we was rocking. It was great. Man, I can remember to this day that we'd be in there and the band would come marching in. And then band, that bass, boom, boy, boy, let me tell you. I know some of y'all so starchy, y'all can't enjoy that. But I enjoyed every minute of it. I'd enjoy it right now. Man, that gym would be rocking. We'd be excited. We're going to kill them. We're going to kill them. It didn't matter who they was. We was going to kill them. Imagine doing that, but never showing up to the game. Never even getting on the field. Never throwing one pass. Never running one route. Never scoring a touchdown. What are you trying to say? What I'm trying to say is a lot of y'all come to the pep rally every week, but you never get in the game. God the Father is saying to Peter, I didn't bring you up here just to jack you up. I didn't bring you up here just so you could get excited and stay in the glory. I came to motivate you to get down in that valley and get in the game. Too many people have this misconception and this misunderstanding that God has saved us to go to church. The the extent of your Christianity is showing up to church on Sunday. Church is not it. This is not where we serve Him. This is where we worship Him and experience Him and enjoy Him. Out there is where we serve Him. This is the pep rally. The valley is the field. The hurting, broken people is who we're out to get. And I came to tell you, I want you to be motivated. I want you to be inspired. I want you to be touched by God here so you can go out there and help somebody. Yeah, you can give God praise. That's good. He said, it is good to be here. Let's stay. And... God says, you don't get it. I've heard people all the time, well, I can't wait to get to church, can't wait to get to church. All church is, 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 is it's almost like a feel-good pill to you to, to hold you over till next week. That's not to put, you're missing it. I'm not here just to make you feel good every week. I'm here to challenge you and convict you and motivate you and inspire you to go and get in the game. We can't stay on the mountain because there's a devil in the valley. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now listen, I'm preaching to me. God hasn't been preaching to me all week. You say, what are you preaching? What are you talking about? The next point. They came down from the mountain 
Let me tell you, ladies and gentlemen, you always will. How many of y'all have realized that Monday comes every time after Sunday? Have y'all noticed that? And it comes, don't it? Last week. Last week. It was a great day. I left early that morning. I didn't get home to after 9 o'clock. I mean, from one thing after another to another to another to another. I mean, it was all day, but it was a great day. Great worship service. Man, I, I enjoyed being able to preach about the transfiguration and the glory to come and the preview to come. How can you not enjoy getting to see what's fixing to happen? Man, I was so jacked up. It was so wonderful. Got to see one of my Timothy's lead, lead through the whole, the whole micro church all by itself and done it. I mean, like a boss. It was great. It was wonderful. Man, I was so jacked up when I laid my head. Oh, what a wonderful day Sunday was. And then I woke up. And you know what? It was Monday all day long. By the time when I'm just I'm just being transparent. I'm just being transparent. By the time Wednesday got here, I was driving on I-20 to a, 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 a discipleship conference. And I was so aggravated, I want to just keep driving. I know y'all are more spiritual than that. But I'm telling you, it took me three days to just come right on down from the mountain. I was aggravated with everything, discouraged with everything. This happened, that happened, this happened, this happened, that happened. And I'm sitting there pouting. I'm tired of it. People don't appreciate nothing. They have a short memory. Dear God, I, da, 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 da. And y'all are not going to believe what the Holy Spirit told me. How many of y'all was in, in the service about three weeks ago? You know what the Lord said? Son, are you going to be a sissy? Now the ones laughing was in that service. I said, no, I ain't going to be no sissy. He said, well, quit whining then. Then I begin to, he began to remind me of what we was going to, he began to remind me of Matthew 17. He said, son, you was all about it Sunday because you was on the mountain. But apparently you forgot that there's a devil in the valley. Because see what happened, they come down from the mountain. Now let me explain to you, if you read all the gospels together, if you read all the gospels together, you'll find out that while Jesus and, and Peter, James, and John was on the mountain, the disciples that were left were down there, and somebody brought their son to him, to the disciples. And, and he had a demon, and he said, please help me, please help me. So they tried to help him, but they failed. They failed. Not only did they fail in trying to help this hurting person, but according to the other gospels, there was a group of scribes there. You know, Jesus' enemies. And the Bible says they were questioning them. And the word question here, it gives the, the connotation of agitating, picking at. Y'all with me? In other words, this is, not only did they fail at helping this poor young man who had a bad, bad problem, you got a group of people that's agitating them about it. Uh-huh. 
Yeah, yeah, keep on preaching. Look what you, you can't even do this. Y'all gonna talk about blah, 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 blah. Y'all with me? And now it's gathered a crowd. It's gathered a crowd. So here you have two groups of people that are supposed to be religious. The disciples who are failing and the Pharisees who are criticizing. Neither one of them, neither one of them are helping the broken. Kind of like today, isn't it? And so now it's gathered a crowd. How many of y'all negativity will gather a crowd? And so here comes Jesus. And he looks at the scribe and says, what's your problem? So what question you with them? And this man comes and falls at Jesus and says, please help me. And he begins to describe his son's problem. And this is what he says. This is what he says. I brought him to your disciples, but they could not cure him. They could not cure him. You see, on the mountain, we have misguided disciples. In the valley, we have powerless disciples. Powerless disciples. There was two things I see in this that, that I can really resonate. Look, 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 look at this. They were, Jesus saw that they were failing at their calling. They were failing at their calling. Because if, if you will remember and go back a few chapters, you'll find out that Jesus had already commissioned them and called them and filled them with power and gave them authorities. And, and this is the way it's worded, over all devils. So this was their job. This was their ministry. This is what God expected them to do. This is what they were supposed to get done and they were failing. They tried and it didn't work. Not only are they failing with their calling, they're fighting with their critics. Here, now think about this. Think about this. Now imagine this picture. Imagine this picture, guys. And, and, and once you write that down, look at me. Look at me. This is important because this is so right now. You got this broken daddy who's probably weeping crazy because it's his kids. When it's your kids and your grandkids and they're hurting, you're broken. We have, we have several grandparents in here uh, who has kids right now, grandbabies in the hospital. Two different families. I know specifically that they're, they're, they're struggling. We're praying for them. And so I understand. I, we're, we're broken. His father's sitting here and he's weeping and he's broken. His son's over here hurting bad. This demon is terrorizing him and, and harming him. And you've got two groups of religious people fighting. Arguing. You know what this reminds me of? Facebook. <laughs> Brother Doug, we got a world going to hell and preachers arguing with each other on Facebook. And Christians arguing over Facebook. Arguing over politics. Arguing over masks. We got the non-wearing mask Christians and the mask-wearing Christians and we got the... While a world is hurting... And broken. What did Jesus witness? He witnessed them failing at their calling. Now here's what I'm going to suggest to you. I can really relate to these disciples. I can relate to the ones on the mountain. Because I've been on the mountain. I have. 
Brother Bill, but I've been in the valley too. I've been in that place where everything I tried didn't work. And everybody had something to say about it. Am I preaching to anybody? When something don't work, you don't have to tell them. They know. There's always going to be somebody that has something to say about what you do or don't do. But the mistake is when we start focusing on them and forget to focus on the one we're supposed to help. Are y'all with me? Powerless. Powerless. Frustrated. Frustrated. Have you been frustrated before? A problem arises in your life and you just can't fix it. He said they could not cure. It wasn't because they didn't try. Because apparently they tried. On multiple occasions. But everything they tried didn't work. Can anybody relate to that? You see, we have misguided disciples on the mountain thinking we just need to stay here. No, we can't stay here because there's hurting people that need us. There's broken people that need us. So what about those powerless disciples? Those powerless disciples. Well, we can relate to that too, can't we? There's been times when we wasn't good at our calling. We wasn't sharing the gospel like we should. We wasn't being salt and light. We were not being an avenue to Jesus. We were being an obstacle to Jesus. Are y'all with me? Now everybody's quiet now. Because I think this is, we're we're, we're spending some time in the valley lately. But here's what we got to do. I got some encouragement for you. We not only see the misguided disciples on the mountain. We see the powerless disciples in the valley. But I want you to see the maturing disciples in the secret place. The maturing disciples in the secret place. Preach, where are you getting that from? Look here. Look in verse, look in verse, uh, verse 19. Verse 19. When you get there, say amen. amen. Then came the disciples to Jesus. Come on. Come on. What'd they do? They got away from the crowd. They got away from the commotion. They pulled him off to the side. So what did they do? Sometimes when we're failing at our calling and we're fighting with our critics and we're frustrated with everything, sometimes we just need to get along with Jesus. The answer is not complaining. The answer is not quitting. The answer is not to keep driving on I-20. Say, so what changed you? Well, I had five hours alone with Jesus in my truck. And the first thing he said was quit being a sissy. Son, if you're going to preach it, you're going to have to live it. And they said, why couldn't we do that? Why couldn't we do that? Now the reason, the reason they they had this perception is because they've done it before. 
You see, the reason that they were frustrated and the reason that they were at the end of their rope is because they had done gone to village after village after village and cast out demons and healed people. Because Jesus had already previously given the power and the authority to do it. And so they probably prayed the same prayer. They probably went through the same motion. They probably said the same thing. They probably came to this young man just like they'd come to several before and said, I I cast you out in Jesus' name. And they fully expected it to happen here like it happened over there, but it didn't. Why couldn't we do it? Man, I can relate to this. I was pastoring a little church in Barnwell, South Carolina. Barnwell, South Carolina. And it was incredible. It was incredible. God was moving, people getting saved, momentum, excitement, full building. They had a, a, an old balcony. We had to restore it and fill that up. Baptized five people the last service we were there. It was incredible. And God said, okay. You're done. And he moved me to here. A little process, but I'll skip that just so you can get the point. Move here. I was excited. Done seen what God can do. Done seen the power of God and what he's doing. And I'm just expecting just to hit the ground running. Preaching the same messages, singing the same songs out of the same hymnal. Woo! Here we go. With my great church building skills, I got to 30 real quick. (laughs) Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying I was preaching the same sermons. I was preaching out of the same Bible. I was preaching with the same fervency. We were singing the same songs. But what worked over there didn't work over here. You're talking about frustrated. Frustrated. Why didn't it work? Why couldn't we cast him out? Jesus said, because of your unbelief. Your unbelief. I know what you're thinking. Well, preacher, you didn't believe? Well, Webster's 1828 Dictionary gives gives the definition for this particular word. It means weak faith. It doesn't mean no faith. It means Weak faith. Say that with me. Say it again. Or if you want to use King James, it means little faith. How many times do we see Jesus responding to little faith? When he's talking about provision, he takes care of the birds. He takes care of the fowls of the air. He said he takes care of the flowers in the field. How much more shall he take care of you, O ye of little faith? The disciples are in the boat. There's a storm. Jesus is asleep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, we're going to die. We're going to die. Carest thou not that we perish? Jesus, peace be still. Hey, boys. Oh, ye of little. Not no faith, but. Remember when when Peter was walking on the water? He saw Jesus there in the ship, and, and Jesus is walking on the water. And Peter said, let me come out there. I love this guy. <laughs> hey, he might have stuck his foot in his mouth all the time, but he was a go-getter. 
Jesus said, come on. Woo! Out of the boat. He, he stepped into Jesus until he saw the wave. He took his eyes off the Jesus and put it on the wave and he began to. And he said, help, help, help. And Jesus reaches out and said, oh, ye of. Now, he didn't have no faith because he had enough faith to get out the boat, unlike the rest of them. Now, before you criticize him of sinking, uh, just remember, he got out the boat. So it wasn't that he didn't have no faith. They've already expressed saving faith. But the problem was they had little faith. Now, here's the deal. Here's what I need everybody to get. Look at me, everybody. Look at me, everybody. Everybody, everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. Now, watch this. This is so important. This is so important. They had done it before, and it worked, but it didn't work with this one. I had done it before in South Carolina, and it worked, but it didn't initially work here. Let me give you a a mind-blowing revelation. Everybody looking at me? Everybody looking at me? Get this if you don't get nothing else. With every new level comes a new devil. Let me say it again. With every new level comes a new devil. In other words, with every step that Jesus takes you in your Christian walk, you're going to have a bigger test in front of you. A bigger obstacle in front of you. A bigger difficulty in front of you. Do you realize that 12th graders take a larger test than a 1st grader? But the problem is, is a lot of us get to 7th and 8th grade in our Christian walk and we're still expecting the first grade test. But with new levels come new devils. And see, here's here's what I want you to get. Here's what I want you to get. And I got to hurry. When they got alone with Jesus, and what was the first word I used? What kind of disciples are these in this stage? Maturing. Say it with me. Say it again. Maturing. You see, the first thing they realized when they got along with Jesus, what the problem was. What was the problem? He said, your unbelief, your weak faith, your little faith. And then he gives them this great illustration. This great illustration. If you had faith as a grain of a what? Mustard seed. You shall say this mountain, be you removed and cast it. What, what, what's he saying here? You can do the impossible with the right kind of faith, not the right size. Jesus is not, he is not contradicting himself. He said, well, a, a, a mustard seed's little. I know he's not saying size, he's saying kind. Y'all with me? Because the problem was little faith. Why was it little? Because they had not nurtured it. And maintained it. And developed it. In other words, let me just put it where we can understand. They got lazy on Jesus. They expect, watch this now, watch this. Whoo, this is, this is, this is anointing. They expected their spirituality of yesterday to work for today. They expected their shout on Sunday to work when they face that devil on Monday. And they were depending on what was to fight what is. Boy, I hope you're getting this. They didn't get serious with Jesus. They didn't get down in prayer. 
He said, let me tell you something. Those devils you cast out. Now, now watch this. He already gave them the power and the authority over all devils. All of them, including this one. But they were able to do it then, but not now. Why? Because they were dependent on themselves and not the power he gave them. They just figured that we just walked right in this situation, say what we said over there, not spend time in prayer, not get serious with God. And listen, discipline, that, that fasting, that's discipline, getting honest with God and serious with That's all fasting is. It's getting serious with God. They thought they were just going to go through the motions, just mosey right on in there and cast the devil out. Half-heartedly, lazy. And then they got their teeth kicked in. Because they got lazy on God. He said, let me tell you boys something. Let me tell you something. This is serious. You can't let up. You can't quit reading your Bible. You can't quit showing up and assembling for church. You can't quit communing with me. You can't do this without me. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Look at your notes. Let's fill this in and we'll, we'll pray. They learned their problem. They had weak faith. They had weak faith. They learned the prescription. They learned the prescription. He said this kind, talking about this devil. This kind of devil. This kind cometh not out but by prayer and fasting. Two things I want you to, I think it's already there. But I want you to see this about your faith. Everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I want you to treat your faith like a plant. I want you to treat your faith like a plant. Preacher, what do you mean? Your faith is going to be however you maintain it. If you don't water that plant, if you don't fertilize that plant, if you don't care for that plant, watch over and maintain, it's going to, even if it don't die, it's going to get real weak. Y'all with me? Come on now, this is, going, this is the message, guys. Some of y'all, y'all done checked out because the, the outline's over, and you're going to miss the most important part. You're frustrated in your life. You're frustrated in your marriage. You're frustrated in your ministry. You're frustrated at work. You're frustrated with your kids. You're frustrated, and you're ready to throw in the towel, and you don't even understand why, and I'm trying to tell you how to fix it. You have enough faith to be saved but you don't have enough faith to be victorious. You have saving faith, but not sufficient faith. Because you have not cultivated it. You have not fed it. You have not watered it. You have not spent time in the word. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the, the word. You haven't spent time in communion with the father. Man, I got along with Jesus for those five hours on that interstate. I listened to preaching and singing the whole time. I've been listening to a song over and 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 over. I posted it on Facebook. It's a Brooklyn Tab song, one of the Psalms. 
Come, let's magnify the Lord. And I'm telling you, it's just filled me and strengthened me and helped me. Why? Because I got along with Jesus. Now, I know y'all think preachers never, they never get discouraged. They never get frustrated. They never want to quit. Man, you have no idea. Preachers are committing suicide in an alarming rate right now. But I'm going to tell you, if you neglect your Bible, and if you neglect one-on-one quiet time with Jesus, you're going to fail. Because with every new level comes a new devil. I don't have what it takes. Yes, you do. He said he gave them authority and power over every devil. Let me read it. Some of y'all don't believe me. Look what it says. Matthew 13. No, 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 no. Let me back up. Let me back up. Let me, let me read the, the, uh, uh, the parable of the mustard seed. Matthew 13. Look right underneath your notes under cultivation. Another parable put he forth unto them saying, The kingdom of heaven is like the grain of a mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his field. Now watch the. This is the significance and why Jesus used the illustration of the mustard seed. Which indeed is the least of all seeds, but when it is grown it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a that is the key you may begin with little faith little mustard seed but if you develop it and you nurture it and you mature it it will become so great that according to Jesus in Matthew 17, nothing shall be impossible to you. There won't be any devil at any level that will be able to stand against mature faith. Immature faith, weak faith. Weak faith is when we feel okay and, and secure about it when we got money in hand. Mature faith is when we don't have nothing in the hand and we don't know where it's going to come from. Y'all with me? Now it's time that we mature and quit whining, quit complaining, quit saying life ain't fair. Can I help y'all with this? It ain't. I'm, I'm, I'm watching uh, I'm watching parents give out any, I ain't going there. We're setting our kids up for a, a drastic drastic when they hit real life. Sooner or later, we got to mature. We got to grow up. We can't expect what we did yesterday to accomplish what we need to do today. Are y'all with me? 
We can't stay up on the mountain. We can't just come and have a pep rally. As much as I like the pep rally. As much as I like the singing and the worship and the shouting and, and everything, this whole atmosphere, the excitement, I love it. But I'm afraid there's a devils out there. I'm afraid there's hurting people out there that we've been called to minister to. There's broken people out there who's struggling. And if we stay in here, we'll never be able to help them out there. And if we don't mature, when we do get out there, we're going to find ourselves failing and frustrated. And it's not because we don't have what it takes. We've not been taking, watch this, we've not been taking care of our faith. I go coon hunting. And I've got a, I've got a, 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 a light, battery powered helmet light. Uh, Brother Anderson, I see you with me. You're one of my coon hunting buddies. If me and you keep going coon hunting, and we leave that light in the truck. What's going to happen on about the fifth or sixth trip if you got a good one? Even if you got a good one, what's going to happen if we leave it in the truck on that fifth trip? What's going to happen to our lights? They're going to go dead. Why are they going to go dead? We hadn't charged them up. Now, there's a certain portion of it. Everybody look at me. I'm done. I, listen, I'm almost done, but you got to get this. There's a certain portion of us in here that's mad at God because of the way some things are turning out in our life. When he's saying, go plug it in. You got a light that will burn the ticks off the back of a coon. It is bright and it'll get the job done. But you got to keep it charged. Do you realize, according to what Jesus said, Josh, we've got the power in us to move mountains. If we'll charge it. If we will nurture it, if we will develop it, if we will grow it, if we will spend time in the word, faith coming by hearing and hearing by the word of God, when we spend time with Jesus in that alone time, we have no reason to complain. Let's get charged. And all God's people see it.